Awesome. Well, once again, thank you for being here this morning, Baptism Sunday. Nothing better than that. Just excited to be in the house of the Lord with each of you. It was great having maybe 150 plus at our house last night. We had a great time. Hope you had a great time. If you missed it, next time. Hope you can make it. We love having people at our home. And I did a little inspecting this morning, and there's only little ruts all over our yard. Not big ones, so little ones, so that's good. So the Lord is good. And uh, it was such a fun time. I love being a part of a church family. I love being a part where new people last night kept saying, your church is the most friendly group of people. Everybody, you can't even walk from the front door to get to a seat without 10 people talking. Like, yes, Pastor Dave and Kay, thank you for getting that started 42 years ago in church. Way to be friendly and happy and joyful. And uh, that's what we're called to do, are we not? To be able to just show the love of Jesus, just starting with our face and how we, we act towards one another and towards our world. And this morning, we're going to be jumping in specifically uh, into the Holy Spirit series, our third week of that, and evangelism. And how Holy Spirit helps us and guides us and walks with us in all the different portions of our life. It's not just some or little, little portions or when we're in this room, for sure not. It's all the time. And specifically when we think of evangelism. What is that? Sharing what Jesus has done, who he is with your world. Now, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but some of you, maybe a bunch, maybe even most in the room, that makes you a little nervous. Like, oh no, I don't know. That's a difficult thing. Uh, Maybe you're like, I'm not sure how to share Jesus. I'm not sure what that looks like. I want to encourage you, even before we jump into the Word this morning, that the more you love Jesus, the more you're in the Word of God, the more that Jesus just naturally overflows out of your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be a program or a five-step thing or what. It's just a part of who we are. And if we are filled with Jesus and we're filled with Holy Spirit, then all of a sudden it's just a natural part of our life. Pastor Rachel, last week, uh, just threw out a statistic that if we read the Word every day, that we're 200 and some more times likely to evangelize, to talk about Jesus. Why? Because when the Word is in us, we want to share the Word with the world because Uh, Just in case you didn't know, the Word of God makes your life better. It makes culture better. It makes society better. It makes everything better. So when we have the Word in us, why in the world wouldn't we want to proclaim and share it with the world, share Jesus with the world? Now, in the passage we're going to be looking at today in Acts chapter 8, this is a really uh, cool moment and a cool story, but there's some things that we need to look at before, maybe in the first part of chapter 8, before we jump in verse 26 and beyond. And that's that Philip, he was in the middle of seeing amazing things take place. There was an amazing revival happening. It was like, you know, we could think of it in our day. Like we are just having church in here. Like God's moving, things are taking place. People are being healed and delivered. Like things you see and you say, that's impossible, except God. Those sorts of things were happening over and over. And it's really cool that God, he didn't just say, well, be sure you keep it in the sanctuary. Don't let that go out of the sanctuary. I mean, right, that's the opposite. Of course he didn't say that. Right? But sometimes we can naturally be like, well, there's a good thing happening, so let's just stay. And the call for each one of us is, Lord, could we see revival in our lives and our personal selves when we come together that takes us from a room or from a building to be the church Monday through Saturday through Sunday, all week long. That's what happens here in this story, and all of a sudden, Philip is called. He's called to go. He's called to to take a step and to uh, just see what the Lord would say. 
In fact, an angel of the Lord came to him. And in verse 26, uh, we can begin and we can see, and we're just going to read through this story. Acts 8, 26 and following. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, well, you know what, let's just stop there real fast. Is that not like God? Revival's happening. Everything's great. You don't want to leave. And he doesn't only ask him to leave, but he asks him and puts the words right here, to a desert place. Right? We don't, no, Lord, don't do that to me. Like, life's good. Don't, don't do that to me. Well, what is, but that's what he's called to do. Verse 27, and he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his de generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. In verse 34, And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. What an amazing story of Philip being called to go out into the desert from the revival, from the revival to the desert, to see God move. And it is an amazing thing as when we understand the word of God, then we realize a couple things. We realize that we're not alone. You realize that you're not just doing random things in your life. But when we let the Spirit lead us, we are on a mission, a journey with the Lord. And whether it's from a big, awesome revival service, now to go out into the desert, He puts us on the path that we should be on so that we, so that you can make a difference everywhere you go. It's super important. You guys know this, but to have it in our heart, I cannot get into a lot of the places you get into because you work there. And you might not be able to get into places I get to because you don't have that access. But when we all use the access the Holy Spirit would give us individually, then we are all over society. We're all over the community. We're all over Dublin and the surrounding villages and cities around because we all have a part to play. And we get to make a massive difference when each one of us individually is willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, to listen in this case as an angel of the Lord told Philip to rise and go. It's what we're called to. As we jump in this morning, I think we see four things that uh, really can speak to us. The first thing this morning is that active listening is vital. Uh, in our lives, sometimes it's easy to say, well, I don't hear God, or I don't see God, or I haven't experienced God, or I'm not sure what he's telling me. And I believe a huge portion in our life is to begin is, Lord Jesus, would you help me have my ears open to what you're saying? Lord, let me be an active listener. 
Now, if you have had a, a relationship, a friendship, a, you've got a boss, this is the difference of when someone comes in. Maybe your wife. I never do this to my wife, thankfully. She's got a perfect husband, so that's good for all to know. But that when she would come in, and then she's talking, and she might have been talking for five minutes. I don't know how long she's been talking. And then all of a sudden I realize I'm supposed to have a response, and I realize I could not tell you what she said. That's bad. I'm trying to do better and failing most days. Just going to be honest with you. Like, Lord, what's wrong with me? Right? But that is not active listening. I was in the room. I heard words. But I also didn't hear what those words were so much. And so often with God, I think we put ourselves in the same sort of situation. It's, Lord, I wanted to know what you said. I just never actually took the time to actually listen. And your spouse or a friend or a boss, I guarantee you a boss knows when, oh, I'm just going to use, I love our staff meetings. I love Mondays. Number one, number one I love that Pastor Brian runs them. And I just kind of show up these days. It's so much fun. But I love it when we're talking about a specific part, a specific event. It's like we've just laid out the details and then somebody, all of them have done it. So it's, it's even. And then someone says, well, what about this? And it's like, we just said that. Like literally, that was the last thing, right? We can so easy in our jobs, in our relationships, we cannot listen actively. And when we don't listen actively, we don't hear. And God, I believe a lot of time has a bullhorn yelling right in our ear and we just aren't listening. We've drowned out because it's sometimes easier just to do our thing. It's sometimes just easier to not listen because if I listen, I might have to do something Maybe that's sometimes what we do with the spouse too. Well, if I don't hear, then I can't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I don't know. And Lord, help us be people that actively listen like Philip. It says, it's a desert place. Or, or, now an angel of the Lord came, rise and go. Go down uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza. Get up and make it happen. Active listening in your life to the Lord will lead to spiritual opportunity. And if you want opportunities, if you want God to do something, it's time that we listen to the Lord. And I want to encourage, that means you actually have to make time to listen. You're not just going to hear random things at random times. Now, you might. Sometimes God's really good. But when was the last time you just sat down, even for five minutes, and said, you know what, I'm just going to listen to what the Lord's speaking. I'm going to read the Word and not just get up and not just pray, but I'm going to listen. Let communion with God, prayer, be two-way street. Just sit in a quiet room. Listen for what God would say. And sometimes you might be like, that felt like a waste of time. Because sometimes you might not hear some audible thing. Or you might, in fact, that's not normal in my life, audible voice. But maybe in your spirit. But other times you'll sit and you'll listen. And all of a sudden God will start speaking to your spirit. And all of a sudden you'll know. Reading the word, super important. Got to start there. But Lord, then what do you want to speak into my life? Let's be active listeners so that we can have those spiritual opportunity. And then, number two this morning, we can be quick responding. That desert place that he was sent, it says in verse 26, and then he arose and went. That is the next words. The angel came and he arose and went. Now, we just had a whole bunch of people. A bunch of you were at our house last night. And this last week, Pastor Rachel and I, we worked on the house. We got rid of stuff. Dad came over. We knocked down a basketball goal that probably for the last at least decade has been leaning over like this at our driveway. Maybe more than a decade. I don't even know. It's been a long time. And uh, the backboard of the basketball goal long since has just broken off. 
Like, I don't know how that happened, but it's no more. Like, it, it was a mess. So we pushed that thing down. Like, we took care of many, many things, and we didn't use the excuse of, I don't want to, or I'm tired, or whatever. We just did them. And you know what happened over and over? Jobs that we were just, oh, we don't want to do. We're like, no. It would take like 30 minutes, and an eyesore in our yard was gone. 30 minutes. Like, over and over. Now, I mentioned last week we put some railing in, or maybe that was Wednesday night. The railing took seven hours. That was a long time. I don't think it was supposed to, but we got it in. But other things, we, we took that basketball thing out no more than 30 minutes. We just pushed it down, got rid of it, put some dirt. Actually, this is silly, but I had these bags of mulch that have been in my driveway for two years. That seems like the right place to store them. I don't know. And so we dumped those in this hole, filled the hole up with these mulch bags that had been there. Like, it all worked. If we just get up and go, if we just get up and clean it up, if we just paint the wall, if we just wash off the wall, if we just take the stickers off the windows two years later. Pastor Rachel, awesome job. Like, that was, I think, my job, but she ended up doing it because I think she said he's never going to do it. I, you know, I don't know. But in our life, in our spiritual life, are there not times where we know, we see, God's spoken, but we don't really want to do it, and so we just wait. But the moment that the stickers are off the windows, you're like, how much better does my house look? The moment that the basketball goal is not leaning, how much better does the front of my house look? The moment that you do these projects, you say, I look like my house could be in some magazine or something, instead of, you know, not in a magazine at all. And spiritually, God is calling us, he's asking us, he's speaking, and am I listening? And then when I know what I'm supposed to do, am I responding to what he's called? And in my life, there's never a moment where I've listened to the Lord, and there's never a moment when I've responded to the Lord, and I look back, and I'm like, oh, I just wish I would not have done that. I wish I would have not listened to the, like, that's not a thing I've ever heard anybody say. But how many times in my own life, in others, we talk, and we're like, I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew God spoke it. I knew, and now I'm not where I should be because I didn't respond. I didn't get up and make it happen. I wasn't quick. Or maybe even I just was too slow, and I just didn't do it when I knew I was supposed to do it. And because of that, now there's problems in my life. Philip understood. It's time. When it's time, it's time. And when it's time, when God tells you, that's it. Let's get up. Let's go. Let's be quick to respond to the word of the Lord. And if that means leaving the citywide revival, if that means leaving where miracles are happening, if that means going out into the desert and being like, this is what God told me to do, so here I am, it's worth it. And you're never going never gonna to regret saying yes to God and responding to what he's spoken as you were listening to him. James 1, through 25 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forget what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Church, your response leads to spiritual blessing. So let's be a group of people that we have spiritual opportunities because we're listening. And we have spiritual blessings because we respond to what he's speaking. It's possible, like this story, that there's a 
Ethiopian eunuch. There's somebody at your work. There's somebody on the side of the road. There's somebody at a grocery store. There's somebody in your family that needs you to listen. And when you listen, you just get to jump into the middle of a new, different kind of miracle, maybe, than you were expecting. Because we go on, we see that he was obedient. We see that he got up. We see that he, he made it happen. He was quick to respond. He rose, he went. He had come to Jerusalem to worship this Ethiopian eunuch and returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So that's exactly what he did. In fact, he didn't walk. He didn't, like, well, if I take long enough, maybe he'll leave. Right, anybody ever, like, well, if I just wait, maybe it's not God. Maybe, maybe it's, it's just my pizza. So I think I'm just going to wait five minutes to see if this is actually God. Because God would be very against us encouraging someone or sharing Jesus, so I'm probably not God, right? This is my own conversations with myself. I apologize. Sometimes it's just, it just is how it is. And you're like, Lord, what's wrong with me? But it says that he ran, ran to him, ran to him. Church, let's be people that run to what God is calling us to do. So active listening, quick responding, and then divine initiative. As we jump in, it says, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Right? Like, what a moment. That is it amazing that when we leave the revival and we go out into the desert, which seems crazy, that God then, do you notice, he didn't have all this instruction until it happened. I think that's also important to realize. He didn't have the 10-step plan of what was going to take place. He was told, leave the revival and go into the desert. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? But that's what I would say. He just got up and went. He was told to go and join him in his chariot. That seems a little weird. I mean, just imagine, like, hey, there's somebody sitting in their car, and you just kind of go knock on the window, open the door, and sit down with them. Like, that seems a little weird. But if God calls, maybe he has given us an opportunity, and in fact, more than just an opportunity, but something that is from God, a divine initiative, to get up and to go and to do what he's called him, uh, us to do. And here, Philip has the opportunity. This Ethiopian eunuch is reading the Word, is, is studying, trying to figure out what is going on. And we see some things that in his conversation that I believe we can all grow from. We can all understand. We can all learn how can we share Jesus with somebody around us. In verse 30, he asked a question. Do you understand what you are reading? Did you know that questions are a great way to get a conversation started? They're a great way just to, to start the conversation. There, there's other great tools such as you just start talking about what's important to you. Uh, I was at the uh, haircutter place the other day, and this, this girl, she was hilarious. But I, start, I always start talking about church, and almost always there's good memories or they, they talk about church, and sometimes you can tell they go to church. Other times you just know that they're talking to you because they want a good tip. And, you're, you know, either way, then I get to talk about Jesus. So it works. I'll have spiritual conversations sitting in that chair for a half hour with people that I know have no real desire to have the conversation, but they're going to just keep talking. And what better way? I'll tell you what, it's worth the 30 or 50 bucks or whatever you pay just to talk to the, to the people around you about Jesus. What are they going to do? Leave? They're not going to leave. You're good. And they'll start talking because it gets, it gets uh, uncomfortable if you just talk. So they'll start talking about their things. 
And this girl, she started to uh, just mention, you could say that she was not necessarily a big fan. She's been in some churches that were not healthy, and there were some situations. And then she started talking about Mormons, and that was interesting. She's like, I didn't realize that, you know, they've got some stuff. Like, what's this book they have? And so then I'm talking about the Bible and talking. Like, it just happened. She complained about church probably for 10 minutes of that time, which I found to be hilarious. She knew I was a pastor loves Jesus. We've just been talking about it. And then she's complaining about the church. And it's like, I got to speak into different situations in this 30 minutes that I believe was God just laying it out there for me, a divine moment. And are we going to take the initiative to use that 30 minutes? Because I also am pretty cool with people playing with my hair and I could take a nap pretty much. Like I love getting my hair cut. It's awesome. So I, don't, I could just sit there or Lord, would, would I be able to speak something? If I take a step here, oh, Lord, she really hates the church. Is there something that I could speak life into that maybe she's not here and it doesn't sound like from anywhere else? By the end, we got to talk a little bit about it. I invite her to church. I'm not saying that I think she's going to come, but it might be one step in the process that someday she walks in a building. And she won't remember who I am. But one day I believe she's going to find her heart softened to the Lord. Why? Because we take the initiative to step out. Maybe you literally take the initiative. Maybe you know them. Maybe somebody's sitting in their car at your work and you go and you knock on the window. Hey, you have a minute? And you sit down because God's leading you. And you just talk about what Jesus is doing. Or maybe you know there's a problem in their life and you jump. And, hey, I would love to pray for you. And they'll be like, oh, that would be great. And then say, can I pray for you right now? And they'll be like, yeah, okay. Almost, almost 100% of the time. It's very high. They say, sure. It feels rude to say no. So they're going to say, and then you can pray for them and pray a prayer that is encouraging and uplifting and Jesus-centered, that they get to hear a little bit of the gospel, not like five minutes, but just real quick, right? We get to take the initiative and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit helps us and guides us and walks us in the journey. And it might be that they're struggling with something like a church problem from before or like scripture. I just don't understand right here. And maybe it's just the fact that you, they know you care. Maybe that's what that experience is about. Or maybe here, like Philip, you get to uh, just lay out the plan of salvation, the word, get to walk through it, get to share it. And not in some way that I would or Pastor Dave would, but what would you say? How would you, sh that's all you have to do. Nothing, no crazy big thing. Just what is God speaking to you? And Holy Spirit, so often, in fact, just about every time, in those moments, he gives us words, and we might even look back and be like, that was bigger than me. That wasn't what I would have said, because he's guiding you. He's directing you. He's laying it out there for you. He told you to go get in the chariot. He told you to go out in the desert. He told you to, do we think he's then going to pull back when you actually get there? Be like, ha, you're on your own now. No, he's not going to do that. And so then what we have learned and studied and what we're growing in Maybe it's what's happening on a Sunday morning and what we're learning. And maybe it's just the fact that, hey, I don't know. I don't have the answer. But I know that Jesus loves us. He died for us. He's going to be there for you. Maybe it's just simple. And it might mean the world as we take the step. And not just on our own, but where God moves in that situation where he shows us himself. So he asks the question. He then listens 
right? The guy starts to talk. That's important. Listen. Listen for what it is. I'm talking, this could be a marriage seminar as well, right? Listen, right? You can ask a question, but if you ask and then you don't listen, you're not going to know how to respond. So listen to what is said. Then you get to respond. Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. He was leading him in the right direction. But the thing that I want to encourage us before we jump to our last point this morning is there comes a moment that when this divine moment takes place, when these conversations from the little things to the big things to actually getting to share the scriptures, there comes a moment when we've got to give the opportunity to respond. There comes a moment when we can't just smile and we just can't be just nice and we can't just say, oh, I like Jesus. But we have to say, would you want to come into relationship with Jesus? Would you want to? All you have to do, it's crazy, I know, is have faith, pray a prayer, and give your life to the Lord. And right here today, you can be a part of the family. Like, it's super basic. But so often do we get to the end, we get to where maybe they would say yes, but we don't want to, ah, what if they say no? What if, who cares? Let's give them the opportunity in a loving way when God leads, when God reveals. It's not often that people come up and say, hey, Jeff, I just really want to give my life to the Lord. Could you tell me about Jesus? Right? That could happen. But generally, we start doing the work. We start laying it out there. The Holy Spirit starts telling us. And then we have to ask, hey, do you want to, do you want to know this Jesus? Would you want your sins forgiven? Would you want what happened in Genesis and sin and creation and then the fall? Would you want that made right by what Jesus did? We get to lay it out and ask and give them the opportunity to respond. And if you want to have spiritual conversations, if you want those to take place outside of these walls, we need to let divine initiative take over. We need to do what God has called us to do. Get up, get going, listen, respond, and give God the opportunity. And as we do, you'll have more spiritual conversations, many more. They'll happen more and more and more, because everywhere you go will be an opportunity. Everywhere you go will be a door that all of a sudden is open for you. Find a captive audience and start talking about Jesus. Find somebody in need and start talking about Jesus. Find someone maybe that's in the worst moment of their life, a tragedy, a situation. And, and don't, I'm not talking like preach at them, but love them, care for them, encourage them, be there for them, and watch as you have the moment. God puts it before you to say, hey, do you want to know this Jesus? He'll do it. He'll do it for you. Uh, Pastor Sarah, if you want to come on back up here, our last today is that there's miraculous results. When we are active listeners, quick responding, when we have that divine initiative, miraculous things take place. In verse 39, And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. This guy was baptized. This guy gave his heart to Jesus. This guy then experienced something. I, I don't even know. Like, what a cool moment this would be, but that Philip literally... He was gone, like just taken away. Maybe he was taken out of the desert. Maybe it's possible that God was like, I made you go to the desert, walk to the desert, run to the desert. I'm just going to help you and just move you back. That would be pretty cool every once in a while just to be teleported to where God wanted us, right? I, and I, it happens in the Bible, so it could happen today. That would be super cool. But whatever it is, when we step out in the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the miraculous 
follows when you move and you do what God has called you to do. The miraculous follows you listening and responding. The miraculous follows when, when what you might do normally you don't do anymore because he leads you in a different way. The miraculous happens when we take what is a Sunday morning experience and we take it with us. The miraculous happens when we get bold and start praying for people. The miraculous happens when we see someone hurting and we, we go and we lift them up and we care for them. And sometimes it's a miracle to them just because we're there. And sometimes it might be a miracle because they were hurt and wounded and literally there's a healing that takes place or something miraculous, supernatural takes place. The number one thing to me is when one person gives their life to Jesus. That's what we're about at Radiant Life Church. There's nothing better than that. One person raised to life. And you know what? We see that happen when we get bold, when we go out, when we make a difference. And you, you are the ones, you're the church. You're called, we are called to go and see the miraculous take place. You're anointed for this moment, for this season. You're anointed for what's going on in your house. You're anointed for what's going on with your family. You're anointed and the Holy Spirit is leading right now in your situation. The question is, are we listening and quick to respond? Because if so, you're going to begin to see it. And you know what? Sometimes this free will thing, it might be years and years before you see the end result that you want. But it takes the process. It takes the step. Maybe things even internally, personally. But then for a loved one or a family member, maybe a coworker, it might not be that this week you listen and they come to know the Lord. May, that would be awesome. It might. But are we willing to consistently listen? Are we willing to go to work and pray every day, Lord, would you give me the opportunity? You open the door. That when it happens, you're ready. Hey, can I pray for you? I've been praying for you, in fact. In fact, I don't know, don't be creepy, but you know what? For five years, we've worked together. And I've prayed every day that God would show himself to you. Like, whoa, really? No one has ever said anything like that. What is God calling you to do? The little things that turn into miracles and the miraculous taking place. Because obedient believers lead to miraculous experiences. And let's not miss him. Let's not miss what he's doing. Let's not miss how he is pouring his spirit out. Let's not miss the little things because Holy Spirit wants to move in your life. As we close this morning, the first thing, if you have never given your life to Jesus, you look and you see somebody be baptized following Jesus and you say, I need a relationship with him. It doesn't matter how many times you've been in a church, if it's this is your first or if you've been a hundred times. If you've never given your life to Jesus this morning, this morning is the day to say yes to Jesus. This morning is the day to say yes to him, to let him move in your life. In fact, if we could just bow our heads in the room, maybe close your eyes if you're comfortable. It's not a religious thing. It's just a way to help us focus on Jesus. If you're here and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want what this Ethiopian eunuch experienced. The word of God became flesh. He dwelt among us. Why? Because in Genesis, the Bible talks about a garden, but sin entered the world and put a division between us and Jesus. And but he came, he died on a cross for us. The whole Old Testament, years and years of preparation so he could come and be the sacrifice for our sins. And this morning, if you say, I don't know him, but I want to know him. I want to be a part of the family. And not only the Rad fam, the Radiant family, but the family of God. 
the global church this morning. If that's you, I want to invite you to let your faith arise, and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray. We have a, just a little book that we would love to give you, but don't miss the opportunity. In fact, church as a whole, could we pray this together? And if you are first time praying this, would you give him everything? Would you mean it in your heart? Repeat these words. It's not about the words, but it's about your heart. And watch as God rushes over you. He welcomes you. And in fact, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one comes to know him. So this morning, let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, we love you. I love you. And I give you my heart. I repent of my sin, of past things that have hurt me or others. And I make you the Lord of my life. I want to follow you and serve you and walk for you the rest of my life. You're so good, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on, church. Let's give these a hand. Our ushers are going to come forward at this time, and uh, they just have a book. And if you'd say, that's me this morning, I just prayed that prayer. Or you'd say, you know what? I want just more information. You're just seeking today, and you're like, I don't know if I gave my life to the Lord, but I would love more information. We have a book for you that'll answer some questions. We would love to know. So if they turn and walk up the aisle, if that's you, just wave at them if you want that information or you gave your life to the Lord this morning. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better. Yes, thank you so much. Just such a good thing. Nothing like experiencing Jesus. Then could we, in the room this morning, could we just stand to our feet? We're going we're gonna to give the Holy Spirit a couple minutes this morning. And I want to encourage you. Would you let God speak to you? what he, who he might have you pray for, believe for, maybe somebody in your work this morning. And we're just going to take two, three, four minutes this morning and let God speak. Maybe you'd say, Holy Spirit, and you, you, we're part of a Pentecostal church and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want more of Holy Spirit in your life. I do, that's for sure. Lord, would you come? Ask him to fill you so we can go and make a difference. I'm so excited. Wednesday night, don't miss it. But start it now. Let God speak. June 5th, Pentecost. It's going to be good, but today, let's let God move. So we're going to pray. We're going to worship. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead us, to guide us, that every person in this room will be your hands, your feet, Lord. And even as we take the next few minutes, God, would you prepare our hearts? Would you tell us maybe who we should be sharing you with, who we should be praying for, who we should be believing for? Lord, we ask you, God, we ask you to move. We ask you to pour your spirit out. We ask you, Jesus, to use your church, to use us, to evangelize the world, to talk about you, Jesus, to prepare our hearts even now, to be sent this morning out into the world to make a difference. We love you, Jesus.